Welcome to the America's Workforce Radio Podcast, the flagship production of the American Workers Radio and Podcast Network, where organized labor and its never-ending fight to protect the rights of the American worker come first. Now, presented by LIUNA, Laborers International Union of North America, here's your host, Ed Flash Ferens. X marks the spot how unions are mobilizing on Twitter. A worker dies at an Ohio factory. What OSHA found there. And today on the show, the latest from the Bureau of Labor Statistics. We'll talk to an economist and the United Labor Agency. Welcome to the Wednesday, September 6th edition of America's Workforce, where we are available on at least five platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and Pandora. We have two guests on the show today. We're going to start things off with a newcomer. Renee Hersey is her name, and she serves as a supervisory economist at the Bureau of Labor Statistics, which is a department of the Labor Department, BLS.gov. You hear me each and every month talk about new jobless numbers. Well, that's all compiled by the Bureau of Labor Statistics. And I'll tell you, they got a lot of news there. One of their pages is called the Economics Daily, and they run down what's going on in various industries. They also take a look at job openings for uh, young people. 60.2% of youth took part in the labor force in uh, July, which was uh, pretty high. The participation rate for 16 to 24-year-olds was uh, a little bit up from uh, previous years. Of course, the pandemic had something to do with that as well. But various industries, also uh, unions, union membership activity is checked by the Bureau of Labor Statistics. We're going to talk about what's going on with uh, work stoppages, strikes. This is known as the summer of strikes or the hot labor summer. It could increase next weekend if the UAW members, about 150,000 of them, decide to go on strike. We'll take a look at uh, what industries are leading the way for stoppages and what is the one thing that stands out most in her research about major work stoppages. I can tell you this, more than 320,000 workers have participated in at least 230 strikes so far this year. Now, this is according to data from the Cornell University School of Industrial and Labor Relations. In fact, we're Going to talk to uh, one of those experts on the show tomorrow. That number that I just quoted, the 320,000, is already higher than the 224,000 workers who took part in roughly 420 strikes in 2022. So lots to talk about with Renee. Next guest is Dave Meganhart, longtime supporter of America's Workforce. He serves as the executive director of the United Labor Agency, ULAgency.org, which has been around since 1971, started in Cleveland, Ohio. Their model has changed. We're going to talk about online learning classes. A lot of people transitioning into the so-called new economy. There are a lot of jobs available, a lot of jobs available. Unfortunately, many people do not have the skills to work in those jobs. And some employers will pay for that because they want you to work for them. Dave's going to address that. And also, they got a big event. They've been doing this for a number of years. It's going to be in the middle of November. 
It's called the Unsung Heroes of the Labor Movement, and I've had the opportunity to emcee that uh, that event for, my God, at least about 10 years now. And the whole idea is to uh, for you, especially in Northeastern Ohio, those of you listening here, to nominate people that really deserve some credit. They're working behind the scenes. They're making calls. They're going to rallies. They're making sure people go out and vote. They're doing the best they can for their union, but they don't have an elected position. They're doing this because they love what they're doing. And this is an event where we cast a light on them, put them on stage. They say a few words and get an award because they are the unsung heroes of the labor movement. ULAgency.org. Dave will uh, talk about that and more as our second guest. Unions in the news, making news. This labor update brought to you by Boyd Watterson Asset Management. You can find more at BoydWatterson.com. A federal workplace safety investigation into a foundry explosion in Bedford, Ohio, that caused the death of a maintenance supervisor and injuries to 15 other employees, found the operator, I. Shulman and Company, LLC, failed to protect workers from the hazard of steam explosions. Inspectors with the U.S. Department of Labor's Occupational Safety and Health Administration learned the explosion happened while employees inspected a water leak on a furnace used to smelt solid metals. Well, OSHA determined water leaked into the molten metal inside the furnace, causing a steam explosion. Inspectors found the company did not make sure that required lockout tagout procedures were followed during the inspection of the furnace. Howard Eberts, who is the area director of OSHA based in Cleveland, Ohio, said this terrible tragedy could have been avoided if the employer followed well-known machine safety standards that are meant to prevent this type of explosion. Sadly, a worker lost his life. Fifteen others were hurt in an incident that was entirely preventable. Entirely. It's exactly why employers need to follow required safety procedures and train their employees. Now, OSHA cited the company for six serious violations and proposed penalties of $62,500. And that foundry, by the way, remains closed since the explosion. Based in Bedford, since 1917, I. Shulman and Company recycles material into metal alloys, ingots, and pellets. OSHA's machine guarding and control of hazardous energy web pages provide information on what employers must do to limit worker exposures to machine hazards. So if the company would have followed that, well, at least if they would have read it and followed it, somebody would be alive today. The company has 15 business days from receipt of its citations and penalties to comply. You know, sadly, somebody dies and the fine is $62,000. I mean, their hands are tied on that, but that's what it is. On Twitter, more and more unions are sharing direct updates on the proceedings of their contract negotiations to mobilize members, increase transparency, and shame companies while garnering support. Here's the latest example. Half-price books 
Workers United in Minnesota provided a bargaining update on their contract talks. Well, the union said the company has been offering the same wages since May, which equates to a 1% annual raise and the elimination of profit-based bonuses. So in other words, they're talking about a 6 maybe 7% pay cut. Not acceptable. When asked if they could afford fair, livable wages, the company responded that, no, we can't, we won't. Moreover, the company displayed a lack of regard for long-term employees, suggesting that experienced workers were replaceable and that paying them more than new hires didn't make economic sense. How about that? So now the union is urging supporters to express their displeasure with the company by tagging at half-price books on social media and urging you to call the corporate number. 1-800-883-2114. To demand fair wages for their workers. Let me repeat that. At Half Price Books. That's the Twitter handle. At Half Price Books. Or you can do this. Call the corporate number 800-883-2114. 800-883-2114. Using Twitter. Or like I said, X marks the spot. (laughs) Jeez. Unions led by the service employees and Unite Here are lobbying for approval of a proposed amendment to the Federal Aviation Administration. This is pretty interesting. The Good Jobs for Good Airports Act sets a minimum wage for all airport workers at airports that receive federal funding. If passed, this could raise wages for tens of thousands of the airline's lowest paid workers. I mean low. In some cases, it's minimum wage. Pre-pandemic, many airport workers were employed directly by airlines and were supported by unions. But now, cabin cleaners, wheelchair assistants, luggage handlers, janitors, and others are hired by private contractors bidding for work. Well, the system has driven down wages and reduced benefits for nearly 250,000 airport workers, quarter of a million. So the Good Jobs for Good Airports Act would establish pay, Benefits and labor standards for these airport service workers who are needed, right? The act was introduced actually last year, gained little traction. So now they're saying this is the time to really push it over and make it happen. Two community colleges in Maryland were certified and recognized last week. Frederick Community College and Howard Community College faculties formed unions under a new state card check law that recognizes a union if more than 50% of the bargaining unit members sign authorization cards. Howard Community College gained recognition after more than 80%, 80% of its 170 faculty members submitted those cards. The two unions joined 52 other new teacher unions organized by the American Federation of Teachers this year in the union's plan to address workload and compensation issues, among other matters. And one more here before we break. The Hawaii Nurses Association has filed an unfair labor practice charge against the Oahu Care Facility, a nursing home on the island based on a unilateral change to the facility's medical insurance plan. The move by nurses comes after months of bargaining and a seven-day strike since their contract expired in February. 
the union recently voted to ratify an agreement which would raise wages over 20%. However, the union warns that this insurance change by the facility could set them back instead of moving forward. All right, quick break. When we come back, we're going to check in with an economist at the Bureau of Labor Statistics. Don't go away. This is America's Workforce. It takes Lyuna to build North America's infrastructure. From roads and bridges to schools and skyscrapers, the men and women of Lyuna, the Laborers International Union of North America, build the projects we depend on. From constructing the Freedom Tower on the site of the former World Trade Center to untangling Washington, D.C.'s congested interstate, Lyuna members do the work that matters. Find out what it takes to be built by Lyuna at lyuna.org. That's L-I-U-N-A dot org. We're the nurses, firefighters, and claims representatives that help keep our government services running. We respond to natural disasters. We care for our nation's veterans. And we investigate discrimination in the workplace. We are federal and D.C. government workers. And we are proud to serve the American people. Working in more than 70 agencies across the government, we know we can fulfill our mission because our union has our back. Learn more at AFGE.org. Paid for by the American Federation of Government Employees, AFL-CIO. America's Workforce is brought to you in part by the Heat and Frost Insulators Labor Management Cooperative Trust. Find out more at insulators.org forward slash LMCT. A great union requires a reliable election system. Survey and Ballot Systems is a trusted election partner with more than 30 years of expertise in managing union elections. By partnering with SBS, your union can ensure it gets an auditable process and a high level of customer service. SBS is here to help you conduct your union vote securely, transparently, and with trust building always in mind. Visit surveyandballotsystems.com to learn more. America's Workforce is brought to you in part by the United Auto Workers. Find more at UAW.org. There is unity and strength for workers. We are the USW. We are the USW. The The United United Steelworkers. The largest industrial union in North America. We represent 850,000 members in In the the US, US, Canada, Canada, and the the Caribbean. We work in metals, rubber, chemicals, paper, oil refining, atomic energy, and the service sector. We are steel workers, standing strong and fighting for what's right. America's Workforce is brought to you in part by the International Brotherhood of Teamsters, where you can find more at teamster.org. Now, back to America's Workforce. Here's Ed Flash Ferens. And remember, you can check us out on Facebook or follow us on Twitter. That's real simple. AWF Union Podcast. AWF Union Podcast. And I always say this. If you like a show, share that show. We count the downloads, and we are exploding here on America's Workforce. We're in the top 1% of all podcasts. There's like 2 million podcasts in the world today, and we are closing in on the top 8,000, somewhere between 10,000 and 8,000. And I have to tell you this, about eight or nine months ago, we were in the top 15%. So obviously there's a lot of people hungry for a show like America's Workforce, because we talk about workers, we talk about labor unions, we talk about what's going on in the economy, and our first guest on the show today is going to talk about what's going on with the summer of strikes, and that would be Renee Hersey. Renee Hersey is a supervisory economist with the Bureau of Labor Statistics, BLS.gov. 
I always uh, refer to them when the jobless numbers come out, but uh, they do a whole lot more than that. Renee is here to talk about that. Renee, welcome to America's Workforce. And I understand you uh, you grew up in central Ohio, educated in northeastern Ohio, and you've been working at the Bureau for, my gosh, I guess this is a career, 26 years. What um, What made you go into this direction in your life, Renee? Let's start there. Go ahead. Uh, well, I was an economics major in school, and this was one of the opportunities available to me upon graduation. So I... I took the opportunity. I started as a field economist collecting data. I did that locally in the Cleveland area. And then throughout my career, I've progressed into different roles and until I eventually landed in my current position. So you are a supervisory economist. With that being said, you have people under you that uh, that are you know, collecting the collecting data. Then, well, um, actually, um, my the branch that I supervise is survey information and publications. So we are the group that actually publishes the estimates. We work on or we maintain web pages for the programs that we represent. We maintain an information line, and so we will take customer inquiries and our user inquiries and um, answer their questions about our estimates, um, about our surveys. Mm-hmm. So that that's most of what we do. This particular branch oversees a number of different products. Um, I know you in particular have interest in work stoppages. Um, mm-hmm. We also handle information about the employment cost index as well as other measures of compensation and benefits and job requirements let's uh, get into the details here when 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 you gather your information how, how do you do that do you go to various businesses do they submit stuff to you on a regular basis and then you compile it can you can you get into some of that because i know it's 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 pretty detailed i mean there's it, there's a lot on that bls page okay uh, but can you that, explain that part i certainly can and it it really depends on which particular survey uh which particular product uh, you know you're talking about um for our work stoppages that's actually something that my staff in survey information and publication compiles. We do that by, by research. We monitor the media to, to identify possible stoppages. And then we actually will contact employers as well as unions to try to verify numbers and confirm the information that we're finding. So okay. that's how we handle work stoppages. Now, some of the other surveys that we um, – also work with are handled differently. So for instance, um, some of our compensation and benefits information is collected by field economists, um, of which we have many throughout the country. And and so they collect that information. And then there's many steps in the process. Um, They collect the information. It goes through rigorous review before ultimately it's published. I see on your webpage, there's a TED, the Economics Daily. Um, are you Correct. involved in? Are you involved in that at all? And I, there's a lot of information posted right there. Do you work on that? Um, one? Uh, my branch does produce. They occasionally submit content for the Economics Daily. The um, the articles that you see that are related to compensation and benefits are typically coming from 
our survey information and publication office. Yeah, I saw one here. This was just posted last week. Employment in elementary and secondary schools, selected occupations, and they've got uh, school teachers, secondary school teachers, teaching assistants, special education. And then there's another one here. Employment in the largest occupations in the traveler accommodation industry. This goes back to May of last year. Recognizing hotel employees on National Hotel Employee Day, which was uh, actually last Friday. Well, there's a, there's a lot out there. There really is a lot out there. So, Renee, let's talk about um, the summer of strikes. I know you've been analyzing this, and obviously this is a, a union show. Can you talk to me? Now, do you specifically monitor what's going on here and compare and contrast to years past? Talk to me about that. So what we do is we, we measure what we call major work stoppages. So we define that as strikes or lockouts with a 1,000 or more workers lasting for one shift, one full shift or longer. So that's what we define as a work stoppage. And so we capture that information on a monthly basis, and then we have an annual um, release with finalized information for the year. As far as what we collect, we or what we capture, we capture information about the actual stoppages themselves, the participants in the stoppage, so the employer and the union, the industry, and the beginning date, the end date of the stoppage, as well as the number of workers in the days idled. So that's the information that we capture. And and how do we look right now compared to years past? Do you have uh, do you have well, some data so on that? Well, so for 2023, all of our numbers for 2023 are preliminary so far. We'll finalize that in early 2024. But so far, um, we had 16 stoppages beginning in 2023 as of July, and we actually just released our August numbers yesterday, and there were three more reported yesterday. So we've had 19 stoppages so far this year. And that seems to be a little bit ahead of where we were at this time last year. In 2022, we had reported 15 stoppages at this same point. So that would be for the entirety of the year. Now, I know you specifically asked about summer, and it's a little different when you look in terms of the number for summer. This year, if you look at just the number of stoppages for June, July, and August, we've had 10. Now, granted, those are preliminary numbers, but we've had 10 so far for those three months, whereas if you look back to 2022 for the same three months, we only had five. In 2021, we only had three. So definitely, definitely seeing higher numbers this summer. Okay, you come out with this data. Where does it go? I mean, do you release this um, to the media, or do they just check your website on this? I mean, I'm I'm seeing stories on that. I'm just yes, wondering it's, where it's the connection is. It's on our website. Um, anyone is welcome to access that information. We publish it all. Um, it's bls.gov/wsp is where we have all of that information, and we have that. Um, Like I said, we have both a preliminary monthly release and then we do an annual release every year. And so you can see if you go on 
that page, we have most requested tables, and you can see the detailed monthly listing for 2023. And then we have a detailed monthly listing for 1993 to the present. And then we have a historic table that shows information from 1947 to the present. And we have that um, available as HTML as well as Excel. You go back all the way to 1947. Did I hear that correctly? That's correct. We don't have the same level of detail for all of that information. The detailed monthly listing going back to 1993 has a bit more detail, but we have um, at least basic, basic numbers for that historic table. Renee, this is pretty significant because there was a time in America not long ago where workers were more or less afraid to go on strike. And now things have changed. I think I always say the pandemic changed everything. And you had a lot of essential workers who just are not treated properly. And as a result, those contracts are up and they're going on strike right now. Again, that website, you said it's bls.gov forward slash WSP. Did I get that correct? correct? Okay, That's good. correct. Renee Hersey joining us on our live line today. She is a supervisory economist with the Bureau of Labor Statistics. More to come. We're going to break down some of the industries leading the way for those uh, work stoppages. Later in the show, we're going to check in with Dave Meganhart, executive director of one of our great sponsors, the United Labor Agency. Back in a few minutes. You're listening to America's Workforce with Ed Flash Ferrens. It takes Lyuna to power North America with affordable energy. The men and women of Lyuna, the Laborers International Union of North America, have the skills needed to build and maintain oil, natural gas, nuclear, solar, and wind projects that are shaping America's energy future. From new energy tech to retrofitted facilities, Lyuna members do it all. Find out what it takes to be powered by Lyuna at Lyuna.org. That's L-I-U-N-A.org. The Iron Workers Great Lakes District Council, consisting of eight iron worker local unions in West Virginia, Pennsylvania, Ohio, and Michigan. We build the skylines and bridges along the Great Lakes. With more work than ever before, the Great Lakes District Council is actively searching out the next great iron worker. Whether it's building the next Intel plant or constructing a bridge to safely connect our great cities along the lake. So join the Ironworkers Great Lakes District Council today. Find out how and learn more about the council by visiting IWDistrictCouncil.com. You cannot change the business model as much as it has changed and not expect the contract to change too. It's crazy. If we don't stand tall right now, we are all going to be in trouble. We are all going to be replaced by machines. So the jig is up, AMPTP. You have to wake up and smell the coffee. Let's go. You share the wealth because you cannot exist without us. America's Workforce is brought to you in part by the International Federation of Professional and Technical Engineers. You can find more at ifpte.org. Union members need to be heard. Reliable and convenient union voting has never been more important than it is now. Make voting easy for your membership by working with survey and ballot systems. SPS offers encrypted and monitored solutions that ensure your elections are accurate and accessible for every member through mail-in, online, and in-person voting. Visit surveyandballotsystems.com and take the next step in getting secure and auditable elections. 
America's Workforce is brought to you in part by the Communication Workers of America. You can find more at cwa-union.org. Now, back to Ed Flash Ferrance with America's Workforce. And remember, you can check us out on at least five platforms. That includes Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and Pandora. And when you get an opportunity, here's what you do. Just sign up, receive our shows on a regular basis, and give us a rating. We always appreciate those five-star ratings, so please keep them coming. By the way, this uh, next segment brought to you in part by the North Coast Labor Federation. Let's go back to our live line, rejoin Renee Hersey. Renee is a supervisory economist with the Bureau of Labor Statistics. We're talking about the summer of strikes or the hot labor summer. Right now, up until uh, what just yesterday, 19 strikes in 2023, which was more than all of last year. And uh, we have a breakdown here from the Bureau of Labor Statistics. If you go to bls.gov forward slash WSP, you can get all the information. And uh, media does pick up on that, obviously, being a union show and talking about labor actions. That's what we're doing here on America's Workforce. Let's boil it down, Renee. Uh, what industries, and I'm sure you got this right in front of your computer screen, what industries are leading the way for these uh, work stoppages right now? Can you tell us? Um, absolutely. Based, based on our numbers, so for our preliminary 2023 numbers, right now, healthcare and social assistance um, has had the most stoppages in, in 2023 with six. Educational services has had five so far. Manufacturing, two. And accommodation and food service, two. Those are, those are kind of our, our leading industries for this year based on our preliminary numbers. However, if you look back a little bit farther... I went and tallied from 1993 through 2022. If you if you look at all of that information aggregated, manufacturing actually had the most stoppages. It had 167, with educational services following with 107, and then healthcare and social assistance had 103. Okay, all right. Is there anything that that stands out? In your research up till uh, till now, is there anything that really I say? Wait a minute, you know what? This is kind of interesting. Can you uh, can you speak to that? Yes, looking looking at twenty twenty three, I I kind of looked to see if there was any sort of industry trend beyond what we just discussed. If there was any type of regional trend, and nothing there really stood out. But what I did notice is. As you may recall, at the beginning, I mentioned one of the things that we track are the number of workers involved in a stoppage. And what I noticed is that so far in 2023, based on our preliminary numbers for the stoppages beginning this year, there have been a lot of workers involved um, more than the past few years. So, for instance, in educational services, in, um, in those five stoppages we talked about before, there were 81,600 workers involved so far this year. Similarly, in healthcare and social assistance, there were 173,700 workers. And just to give you an idea of how that compares, in 2022, educational services had 69,500 workers and healthcare and social services had 36,800. If you go back to 2020, educational services had 9,300. Healthcare and social 
um, services had 9,400. So you can see the number of workers participating have been has been larger than the past few years. Renee, what about uh, the duration of those strikes? And I bring this up because I've seen this trend happen in various industries. Uh, the News Guild, for instance, they did like, I think it was a one-day strike at the New York Times. I saw some nurses, I believe it was in Minnesota, they decided to go on a three-day strike. Some, uh, uh, I think it was teaching assistants in California, they did like a three-day strike. And it's kind of like, because the bargaining isn't going well, they figured, okay, here's what we're going to do. Three days, we're not going to be around anymore. Think about about that contract some more. Do you do you monitor all that as well at the Bureau? We do. We do, actually. If you look at that detailed monthly listing that I mentioned, we do show the stoppage beginning date and the stoppage end date. So that's a good way of gauging the duration of those, of those stoppages. Um, and then, like I said, we also look at what we call the day's idle. So that is the duration of the stoppage times the number of workers. Mm -hmm. So those are both good measures to kind of pick up on on how long these various um, stoppages are lasting. Interesting. And do you do any predicting on these? Uh, Is it just data collecting and reporting that? We do not do any type of predicting or analysis. We are strictly about the data. We collect and produce the estimates for others to to do that type of work. So so the Bureau of Labor Statistics does not make predictions. Okay, okay. I I do know this, and this is usually the beginning of the year, you do uh, union density numbers. Are, Are you are you part of that equation? I when am that comes not out? part of that. That, okay. that is a different part of our organization. Okay, maybe you could help uh, help us out because I, I think that's like mid-January, maybe latter part of January that comes out, and we monitor that here. And uh, it, it's interesting, too. And it's been kind of stagnant with union density. A lot of that, there is more people joining unions, but there's population increases as well. But that is another issue. Maybe you could line us up with an economist to talk about that uh, down the road. But uh, it sounds like you're you're having fun doing what you're doing, and you're doing this remotely, which is kind of interesting because we've had several guests on the show. One yesterday, they were with the professional uh, aviation specialists, and uh, they wanted them to all go back to work, go back to the office. And they're saying, well, wait a minute, that was a violation of our collective bargaining agreement. But you've been doing this remotely, and it's been working pretty well then, I take it? Um, For me, it has been working very well. Uh, As I said, there are different requirements for different different areas within our agency, so I certainly can't speak broadly, but it's worked worked very well for, for me. It's worked very well for my staff. Okay, good. Well, I thank you for joining us today, Renee Hersey. She is a supervisory economist with the Bureau of Labor Statistics. Do check out their website. Here's, there's a, once you start checking it out, you're going to really be captivated by it, bls.gov. And for the strikes, the summer of strikes, go to bls.gov forward slash WSP. All right, that's uh, all information posted there. Renee, thank you so much uh, for joining us. Keep in touch and uh, – Keep enjoying your work. You're, you're doing a great job, okay? Thank you so much. It was a pleasure to talk to you. All right, we're going to take a quick break. Dave Mayenhart is the executive director, long time, over three decades at the United Labor Agency, and he'll be coming up next. 
This is America's Workforce. More shows available at awfradio.com. It takes Layuna to keep America running. Over 70,000 public employees are part of Layuna, the Laborers International Union of North America, delivering critical services such as health care and emergency response, as well as maintaining roads and sanitation systems. Even the National Postal Mail Handlers Union, representing over 47,000 U.S. postal workers, is affiliated with Layuna. Find out what it takes for Layuna to keep America running at Layuna.org. That's liuna.org. The Heat and Frost Insulators and Allied Workers are proud to be a title sponsor for America's Workforce Radio. The Insulators Union is leading the way in the mechanical insulation industry, fire stopping, and infectious disease control. Regarded as North America's energy conservation specialist, these professionals are known for their professional work and dedication. You can learn more about the Insulators Union at insulators.org. America's Workforce is brought to you in part by the United Steelworkers. You can find more at usw.org. America's Workforce is sponsored in part by Boyd Watterson Asset Management, LLC. Find out more about our investment solutions tailored to meet the needs of Taft-Hartley funds at boydwatterson.com. America's Workforce is brought to you in part by the Ironworkers. You can find more at ironworkers.org. Hire union musicians. Call Music Talent of Cleveland at 216-881-1802. Call Music Talent of Cleveland as your dependable source for professional musicians in Northeast Ohio. Union musicians add harmony to weddings, elegance to parties, and uplifting music for all events. Music Talent of Cleveland contracts solo and ensemble musicians as well as bands and orchestras for single engagements. So hire union musicians. Call Music Talent of Cleveland today. 216-881-1802. America's Workforce Radio is sponsored in part by the International Union of Painters and Allied Trades, District Council 6, representing painters, glazers, drywall finishers, and sign and display industry workers. They remind you that belonging to a union is your right as an American. America's Workforce is presented by the Labor's International Union of North America. Feel the power right now at liuna.org. Now... Back to America's Workforce. Here's Ed Flash Ferens. And remember, you can check us out on Facebook or follow us on Twitter. Real simple. That would be AWF Union Podcast. AWF Union Podcast. Let's go to uh, line number two right now. Welcome a dear friend. We always check in with him about every two months, and that would be Dave Meganhart, who is the executive director of the United Labor Agency, an organization that started back in 1971 in Cleveland, Ohio. Business models change over the years, and they do their best to connect people with the right jobs and get them the skills they need to uh, to get those jobs and to keep those jobs. Dave Meganhart, welcome back to America's Workforce. I understand that uh, you've got some classes, online uh, classes, that kind of will help uh, help the workforce. Can you explain what's going on here? Sure, sure. Uh, it's, uh, it's always good to be back and talking about the mission of the United Labor Agency and one of our newest uh, service aspects is that um, we've teamed with a, an online learning platform called Coursera. And Coursera, what it's done over the past uh, few years is to create these uh, classes and training uh, 
videos, you know, in series of videos and sequences and seminars from like the best universities uh, in the world. I mean, you have things from Stanford University and Harvard and Johns Hopkins and the London School of Economics and all of these things, right? So that that sounds all intimidating, but it's not so intimidating because um, it has this whole wide range of things that you can learn. And why we teamed with them is that we often, uh, you know, we're working with, uh, you know, workers who are either unemployed or underemployed or, you know, get laid off through, through no fault of their own, right? So, you know, company closes, you're in your 40s, you have to try to upskill or you try to think about what your your new job is going to be. And, you know, as we know, uh, the economy changes so rapidly and industries that were once so solid um, aren't so solid anymore. And so, you know, what workers are faced with is just sort of constantly upskilling their, you know, their um, abilities. And, you know, if you acquire these skills and you're, you're more marketable, it's easier to kind of move in this kind of crazy uh, labor market and the economy that is just, it feels like it's speeding up, you know, every day, right? So, so what Coursera does, you know, so you have all these great uh, um, universities and uh, colleges that have put this content on. And so what we help you do is you, we help you sort through it. So, I mean, right now, there are over 5,800 um, courses, you know, online. And and what's great about it, it's multilingual. So if you know Spanish and English is your second language and you're more comfortable with it, uh, to, you know, if you there's Ukrainian classes, there's, you know, there's uh, Portuguese, there's all, you know, anybody that is maybe even a new citizen that can come on and learn these skills uh, through their native language. And so it runs the gamut. It runs the gamut from you know, what we call durable skills. Like let's say somebody who's just new to the workforce and they kind of, they're a young person and they're trying to figure out what they're going to do. And what is this world of work? Uh, You know, it can go through a sequence where you kind of tell you what the basic tenets of employment are and how you keep a job and find a job and and the skills that you need to be able to set yourself up for success long-term. Everything from that to specialized uh, coding and, and uh, software engineering and, um, you know, Python uh, certifications uh, in, in between. You know, like if you look at job ads, like let's say a lot of job ads will say, oh, you know, must know Microsoft Excel or Microsoft Office Suite. Well, we have things that, um, you know, the series of uh, courses that you can go and to brush up on those skills. Um and again, so that that is helpful, right? When you're then looking for a job, then you can confidently say, yes, I know I completed a class in Excel or I completed a class in Word. I brushed up on my skills. There are things like team building and communication, all the things. If you look at any job ad, right, and you look at the top, you know, there's hard skills and there's soft skills. A lot of the soft skills will always talk about teamwork and communication and, you know, all of these things, you know, punctuality, all these things. But um that there are courses actually that can speak to that. Like how do you work in a team? You know, what's the best way to communicate uh, through business? So we're really excited about it. Um, we think that it's, um, you know, really going to be, can really be geared towards uh, people that are in uh, career transition. Again, like if they're laid off, they take a moment, um, you know, they've worked someplace for, you know, a number of years and, they're looking for what their next move is going to be. This is perfect because you can do it in the, your own pace. 
You can do it at the at your home. Like if you have kids, you know, it's great for single moms or busy families, you know, where you're trying to get the kids off to school and you have to put them to bed. And you, let's say you have an hour of time to devote to yourself from 10 to 11 at night. You can do this. You can do Coursera at your own pace. Um, and you can fit it in any time. You can do it anywhere once once you have the login. Um, so how it works is, uh, you know, you call us um, uh, through the United Labor Agency or uh, Ohio Meets Jobs, Cleveland, Cuyahoga County. We can then um, set you up, give you, a, you know, a profile and registration. And then our counselors also help kind of navigate that because, you know, there are a lot of there are a lot of courses, right? So if you, you're faced with 5,000, 10,000 courses, it's, it can be a little bit like daunting. Like, where do I start? You know, we, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? What do you do, right? Well, I'm going to do all of them. You know, okay, great. Um, so we can help you with that. Say, okay, well, what, what are your goals? What do you, what do you really want to do? What do you want to focus on? And they can, they can lay out the um, sequence of classes that you can take. And it's free. It's all free, 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 free. I'm going to say it's free. Oh, I'm going to say it's that's free. That's great. Again. And it can be as long as you are active in it. So if you, um, there are even ways in which you can get a bachelor's degree if you stay with it. Um, and that's really exciting. Or you can get small, um, like short-term uh, certifications. So it goes again, it goes from all over the, all the, all kinds of industries, all kinds of skill levels and uh, in all kinds of like uh, lengths of how much time you have. So if you have six months to do, a longer certification, great. If you have three weeks, that's great too. Um, so again, that's you find it through us, and we will start you right away. It is open and live right now, and it's free. I love that. And it's free. Good stuff. <laughs> good, 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 good. Okay, Dave. We're speaking with Dave Meganhart, Executive Director of the United Labor Agency, one of the uh, proud sponsors here at America's Workforce ULAgency.org. You mentioned a phone number. I know a lot of people just go to the website, but what's the best phone number for our listeners? to call to sign up for this uh, for this for these classes dave um you can call 216-777-8200 216-777-8200 ask for it for sarah and they'll put you with our counselor who will help you get through that 216-777-8200 free classes education Education overload, too, because there's exactly. so many different classes. Yeah. Right. That's, sure. that's going to be the most challenging part of this, trying to figure out which one to take. And then right. uh, and then exactly. there's some people that love to just take one after another after another. Okay. But, uh, yeah, Brett, come yeah, on there's, yeah, yeah, but but it's there. Take advantage of yeah. it because the market is changing, and you do need to get that education. And you will see this, too. When you have a higher degree of education, you will get higher pay, better wages, mm-hmm. better benefits. It's pretty simple, right. pretty simple formula right. there. So do take advantage of that. All right, let's uh, let's switch gears. I always like this time of year because you're getting ready for the unsung heroes of the labor movement. And I've been so uh, involved with this over the last, my God, I think it's at least a decade now that I've been asked to emcee this. I just love doing it. I love doing it. I love to hear the stories. But right now, I guess it's nominating time. Why don't you explain what's going on here, Dave? Because this is a great event coming up in November. Go ahead. Right. So we're going to have our Unsung Heroes uh, annual dinner, um, in the Unsung Heroes of the Labor Movement. It's going to be on November, 17, or November 16th, sorry, November 16th. And this year, it's going to be at the Great Lakes Science Center. So for a number of years, 
uh, we had it at uh, Landerhaven. Um, and you know, for the past three years, we've been moving it around to these like cultural icons of institutions. You know, the, our 50th anniversary, we were at the Art Museum. Uh, last year, we were at the Brown Stadium, and this year, it's going to be the Great Lakes Science Center. And there's even going to be interactive science experiments, which that's going to be fun. Um, and which I, they told that, that somehow we can light each other on fire. So I'm not, I'm not sure what that means, but I'm going to leave it to the scientists. Um, who knows? You know, come for that just to see that. Um, but then, yeah, right, really. So, so we, so nominations are open to all the uh, local unions. What what happens is, you know, you, you pick an activist, you pick a a worker who you know just kind of tirelessly supports uh, the union mo- uh, movement and you know, volunteers and it's kind of the backbone of what it is, what it means to be a union member. You know, somebody who we don't really uh, honor people that are in elected position or staff positions, but it's again, the volunteers and people that like really kind of uh, embody the spirit of the labor movement. And, uh, you know, so the union nominates them. Uh, then we have this award ceremony. And, and I think you're right that during that night when they're, uh, to get up and they're able to tell their story. It's just a great moment because again, they've never been recognized. Most of the people have never been recognized for their work. Um, and it really is that salt of the earth, uh, great stories and unbelievable amount of dedication that for their fellow workers that nobody, you know, they're not getting paid to do it. Uh, they're not, you know, they're not elected to do it. Um, they're just by their own principles and their own determination, helping their brothers and sisters out. And, um, it's a great, it's a great moment. So again, nominations are open. You can find the nomination through our website, um, ulagency.org. Um, there's an unsung heroes page that has the nomination form. Um, and we'll also be sending it out to like our mailing list as we do, um, to all the you know, local unions and all the all the elected officials, um, elected union officials, to be able to go through that nomination process. Dave, how many people are we looking for this year? I mean, you know, we generally go about eight. We have about eight or so. Yeah. Okay. So that's pretty constant then. Yeah. Um, yeah. Maybe, maybe you could share. I mean, you've been doing this for a long time now, and there's mm-hmm. got to be one or two stories that really stand out. People that went beyond the call of duty to get that award. Can you, uh, can you uh, maybe reflect on that real quick? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I've always remembered um, one woman who was a waitress um, at one of the downtown hotels and she, you know, she was older. She was near the end of her career um, and she, got up and she was very funny. She was able to, you know, tell her story in a really humorous way. But what came through was that, you know, she had over 40 years had sort of nurtured and brought uh, along, you know, all of the people that had gone through that union in that facility. Um, and it was so powerful that you, you was like, it was almost like she was like this, you know, mother figure, right. To this local. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think that's the key, right. That's, that's the peer. Those are the peers. Those are the people that have the, the knowledge and the principles and they're the ones that make it all work. And it makes it, it makes the union work. It makes the philosophy work. And, you know, that's, 
that's what you're going to hear when you when you hear their stories over and over again. And, and the cool thing about this, you don't know what's going to come out of their mouth. No. <laughs> <laughs> because I remember that woman, and yeah. uh, it just lit up the room. I mean, everybody right. was like, oh, my God, where did she come from? And, right. and, and she just spoke from the heart and just right. got into um, – a whole career of helping others, and mm-hmm. and uh, and and the thing about it is, again, she wasn't recognized for this. She just did yeah. it because it was she the did. right thing to do, you know. Right, that's right. That's Good right. stuff. So it's up uh, November sixteenth. It'll be at the Great Lakes Science Center, and the nominations are open. So you mentioned go to the website ulagency.org, and you could just nominate people right there, and yeah, you can. Uh, yes, there's nominations. Fill it all out. Okay. Yeah. W- one minute left here. Anything else you coming up other than that? I mean, we're, it's hard to believe this year, <laughs> just a couple months left past Labor right. Day. Well, but uh, well, the agency yeah, agency's doing pretty well. Agency's doing well. I mean, we're we're working with our uh, union brothers and sisters, trying to help where we can. You know, like when the if any strikes are going to happen locally. Um, you know, we we're always you know that's our our the way we our origin you know is helping locals in times of need and you know we're kind of we're just kind of waiting to see if there is any role for us um you know it's good and bad right i mean all this all this what's happening over the past summer has been you know that we like to see the worker power and the worker leverage uh at the same time you know we, we know that that can sometimes come with pain you know when people yeah. get stopped getting paid right so you know there's that's the struggle um and it's on, it's forever. Uh, the struggle will, will always be there. Um, and that's why agencies like ULA exist, um, because we know that. We know that there's, you know, we're never going to arrive. We know that we have to always fight for what we've gained and always try to, you know, keep what we have and try to get, you know, you know better wages and better um you know, better benefits, you know, as mm-hmm. the economy changes, as we talk about these old industries die, new industries try to like, you know, rake workers over the coals and they take advantage of them and we have to be there and fight. Yeah. It's good to have that landing spot at the ULA, exactly. org. You take care. We'll talk to you in two months. Okay, brother. Okay. See you then. All right. That'll be it for another edition of America's Workforce. Tomorrow, we're going to check in with Cornell University School of Labor Relations and John Russo of Working Class Perspectives on a possible UAW strike. Until then, all of you have a safe and wonderful day. That concludes another episode of the America's Workforce radio podcast. Thanks for listening. And be sure to subscribe so you never miss a show. America's Workforce is a production of Labor Tools and BMA Media Group. Find out more information online at labortools.com.